This is Lifting the Lid. Conversations with fascinating people living life on their terms. Our next guest requires no introduction. Today's special episode of Lifting the Lid, we have Jack Post. Dean, how you going? Good, mate. Now, look, you are the man behind not only the number one breakfast show in Melbourne, the Christian O'Connell Breakfast Show, but also the number one podcast in Australia, the Hamish Nandy Show. That's nice of you to say, but I, I would say I stand next to the main man in both those scenarios. I stand next to Christian O'Connell, the man behind the number one breakfast show, and I stand next to Hamish and Andy, the holders of the number one podcast. Oh, that's very humble of you, mate, but give yourself some credit. You are the common denominator. <laughs> but just tell me, what's the biggest difference between working on those two shows? Uh, I guess I get more involvement on the um, Gold Breakfast Show than I did on Hamish and Andy. I mean, Hamish and Andy, when I joined, it was already starting to become a juggernaut that it is. And I, as much as I like to say that I, I pop up every now and again, and I'm happy to do that on Hamish and Andy, um, it's, it really is their show. And while Christian shows his show as well, because his name's on the packaging, the Chris Show O'Connell Breakfast Show, I feel like we, the two of us really make that show together. And um, I perform a lot more on that one than I do on Hamish and Andy. Well, how do you juggle them at the moment? Because you're doing both concurrently. Obviously, the breakfast show is five days a week and Hamish Nanny is one day a week. Is there much overlapping or, or juggling between them? Uh, I just get to leave early from the radio show on Tuesdays. We usually record the Hamish and Andy podcast. So with a normal day at radio, you kind of hang around for a couple of hours afterwards and talk about the next day and record anything that needs to be done on a Tuesday I get an early leave pass, and as soon as the mics are off, I uh, run over to South Melbourne to where the Hamish and Andy show is recorded. All right, well, let's go back to the start. How did you first get into radio? I did community radio when I was uh, going through high school. I was 15 when I first broadcast. I was, I didn't really grow up having an ambition to do radio or... You know, I actually didn't even listen to a lot of radio when I was a kid or have my favorite shows. I just, I was in a band in high school and one of my bandmates found a flyer for a community radio station and we were just creative kids who kind of wanted to try a lot of things. So that's how I first tried radio was through um, FM. it's called, which is in, it's a student radio station in Melbourne. And they let uh, people as young as 12 to 26 broadcast. And I broadcast my first show there in 2003. So community radio, you mentioned that. And TV, I guess, for that instance, is really pivotal for a lot of young performers coming through. I mean, Hamish and Andy also came through community TV. I think they came through Channel 31. Yeah, they were actually at... Um, so Channel 31 and CineFM were next door to each other for a little bit in RMIT campus in Melbourne. And I, I used to actually pass them before I worked with them. And it's kind of a coincidence that I ended up back working with them again. But I used to see them back at the CineFM studios. They would start a show while we were finishing one show on a Friday afternoon. So I was aware of them and knew about them before they broke into a mainstream radio and then just by happenstance started to work with them again later on. Well, how did you first meet them and start to, you know, kind of develop more than just casual acquaintances? Yeah. So I wouldn't say I was friends with them back when I first met them in those days at CineFM because they were already in university and I was 15. So there was just not much crossover at that age of like, they actually felt like proper adults, whereas we felt like little kids. <laughs> and um, 
tried it, might have handed a few different things actually going through community radio and community TV. I did some stuff at Channel 31 as well. Then I left to do a film course after high school. And then after I was, just as I was finishing that, I went back to CineFM again as a 21-year-old, I guess I was 20 years old. And after working there again, then I started to get some work in um, mainstream radio and commercial radio. And then I met Hamish and Andy because I would um, panel what's called paneling the night show is uh, a show would come from Sydney and they just needed somebody in Melbourne to make sure that it went out across Fox FM. Okay. And so I would start that shift as Hamish and Andy were finishing their drive time show on Fox FM in Melbourne. And then meeting them every day, I kind of just started to spend more time with them. And then that's how I started working on that show. Well, for the people that don't know, explain what you actually do in terms of putting the show together. So what that first job was is called a panel operator where you are sitting in the studio that your talent sits in as well. So Hamish and Andy on one side of the desks and the microphone, and I'm just in charge of the buttons, making sure that their voices are going to air and then the songs are playing, then the ads are playing. And that is how I first got my foot in the door. And over the years, then I started to become more of a producer with them as well. So inputting ideas into the show and then, um, you know, much later, like writing ideas and crafting stuff that they would do. And uh, mate, so where does the CineFM 2007 Presenter of the Year Award sit on your list of achievements then? <laughs> Very high, actually, because at any one year, CineFM's probably got, God, 200, 250 announcers on their station because everybody's only allowed to have an hour or two a week. And it's not like uh, commercial radio where the same breakfast shows coming back every day and the same drive time shows coming back every day and the same guy in the afternoon is there. It's it's different people every day, different kids every day. So to stand out amongst that, oh, it was a huge honor actually. And I think that was the first time like that year, 2007, was the year that I uh, finished the film course and went back to CineFM to actually try and give it a, a, a real go. Because when, when I was a teenager doing it, I didn't really take it too seriously. I loved doing it, but I had 10, 15 hobbies like that, you know, like being in a band or, you know, uh, I was doing a lot of art stuff as well. So it was just like one of any extracurricular stuff that kids do. When In 2007 is when I went properly back to radio to go, all right, maybe I can give this thing a crack as like what I want to do. And so the 2007 was the turning point for me, at least when I look back on my journey of, of making it a real thing rather than just a hobby. So just take me into those formative years of Hamish and Andy before they walked away to do the podcast. What was it like during that huge popularity, you know, like when they're at the top of their game? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of, I always see my journey through radio as kind of spoiled because I jumped on literally that that paneling job i told you about where i was at six o'clock i would start to panel the night show was the only other experience i had in commercial radio before i started to work with hamish and andy and by that time in 2008 they were already had a couple of years under their belt and they were on the trajectory that would become like they're honestly like they had the biggest australian radio show ever any way you break down the stats, they kind of had the biggest radio show in the country. And um, 2008 was when I joined that. And then 2009 and 2010 is probably where it peaked. And yeah, I, I don't know. It was crazy. I felt, I felt and still do feel extremely lucky to just have been in the right place at the right time because I wasn't very experienced at the time. 
And it was only because I was in and around the building and would bump into them that they even involved me on the show and, and allowed me to, to work closely with it. Yeah, I, I could say so much about it. It's taken me all over the world because I, we still did the radio show as we were doing the, as they did their gap year TV shows in New York and Europe. I was just going to say, tell me some of the best experiences, you know, the real highlight moments for you. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the number one is that I met my now current wife in the green room after the third episode of the very first gap year series, which was filmed in New York. And she was an audience member who... Um, had a friend who was working on the production and she was in the green room after the show. So I owe at least that trip to New York and, and, and meeting my wife to, to Hamish and Andy. So it really has, it's changed my whole life. But those trips for like New York, we spent, my wife and I then spent as girlfriend and boyfriend, we spent uh, three or four months in London filming the gap year euro which was the second year after the um, new york one then traveling around asia to do the next one countless countless moments on their radio show i mean it's just there is too many to count and and i'm what i loved so much about it is i was a fan of their show and i'm a fan of their type of comedy and and the, the radio show that they were making so i was just blessed to be part of it which one's your favourite, mate? <laughs> you mean of Hamish and Andy and Christian show? Of Hamish and Andy. Do you like one more than the other? Uh, still a controversial question. Um, I could never say. It would be like picking children. Next, I know you just got wrapped in the knuckles for saying that their podcast was um, a hobby for you, so you're still a bit gun-shy because of that. You don't want to pick a name. <laughs> there is a weird now. What would you call it? Like Christian show, which I'm sh so involved with now because it's, it is every morning in my life. And then Hamish and Andy has become this once a week thing. And, and it's only 40 episodes a year as well. So, and we, sometimes we do two in a day. So there's, there's not a lot of contact hours with that anymore. And there is a huge amount of contact hours with the, with Christian show. But of course, like, oh, Hamish and Andy so much because they gave me my proper start. They, they, really made me into the performer I, I became and directly Andy essentially helped me get the job with Christian show. So I owe them so much, but now I have to put my point, some of my gratitude towards Christian because he in himself is a great teacher and I've learned so much from him and he is a fantastic broadcaster also. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, just tell me about Christian because he's just he's yeah. one of those guys that you could just listen to tell stories forever, I think. Definitely. Should we just mention quickly so out that our connection is that um, your production company helped us make a TV ad for a beer that we were doing called Heroes Gold to support the bushfire and um, raise money for Victorian bushfire appeal. So that's how we got to know you. And, um, and Christian and I are both very thankful that you came on board and, and what you made is absolutely incredible. Mate, thank you for that. I'm, I'm really proud of the campaign we produced, especially considering it was for the Bushfire Heroes. I certainly want to talk about that experience in more detail. but We'll come back to how good Christian is later. <laughs> oh, no, let's stick on Christian because I think that that'll take us into Heroes Goal. Okay. But didn't Hamish and Andy either help convince or didn't Christian speak to them about potentially moving from London to Australia? So how did that move for him take place? Yeah, they definitely seeded the idea in his head, I think. But the first time we met Christian was on that Euro gap year trip. We were living in London in 2012 for three months. And we did still one of my highlights of my radio career was um, a simulcast show with Christian's breakfast show in the UK and our drive time show in Australia. So we had 
um, at the same time, we were broadcasting to all of his audience and all of our audience. And Hamish and Andy and I were in the studio in London with Christian, kind of co-broadcasting a show. You know, you have to do all the IDs for your station and he had to all do all the IDs for his. We had to do the phone number for our station. He did the phone number for his. We had news from the UK. We had news from Australia. It was It was a huge highlight. And that's how we met Christian for the first time. And we kept in touch. I think he was um, toying with the idea a couple of years ago of coming to Australia. And he talked to uh, Fox FM and, and the uh, Hit Network, which is where Hamish and Andy broadcasts on, but just couldn't quite make anything happen. And then the a couple of years after that, the gold opportunity came around. And yeah, I think Andy especially had a big part in convincing him that one it would be a worthwhile thing to do and that that he thought it would work because a lot of Christian's concern was would he be able to take his show from London and, and broadcast on Melbourne radio and people accept a foreign voice on their radios in the morning. But I think that's a great thing about Australia. We have so many different voices that it doesn't seem like a big deal. I, I think I was naive when it first started. I actually thought it would be no big deal. Looking back on it, I guess I can see where his worry was coming and and I think he actually hid a lot of what his worries were because it was just completely unknown and and while we can say as Australians that we always would have um allowed an English voice on the radio I think for him coming over there was a lot of doubt and just a a huge amount of unknown whether it would work and whether people would accept him or whether it would be a turnoff for people. Well, tell us how big he was in the UK because I think that'll paint the picture because he was you know, a pretty big deal in London. So I guess the fear is coming from a big audience, really popular on the radio in the UK, coming to an unknown audience with essentially no listeners that you have to start from scratch. Yeah. I imagine that was probably much of the fear. Yeah, but also it's kind of the same reason I think that he made the decision. He felt like he had achieved a lot of his goals in the UK. He did have a number one breakfast show that it ran for 12 years, won countless awards. He was kind of guaranteed a contract after contract because of how well it was going. And it's just in his personality. And this is one of the things I admire about him and admire what he did to come here is he needed to challenge himself again in a different way and, and to to scare himself, but at the same time to fall in love with radio again and not let it become a comfortable thing that he could do with his eyes closed, which he was, which he felt he was doing in the UK. All right, well, let's move on to creativity. And you've mentioned a couple of times about being in a band. So just tell us about some of the other cool stuff that you do, I guess, away from the radio stations. Yeah, I try to just fill my life with keeping up creative pursuits. I just, I, I, I fear that I'll get tired or lame if I if I just focused on the radio like radio is such a funny thing because if you think about it especially the kind of radio that Hamish and Andy do and Christian does which is like we're not talking a lot about the news we're not talking about sport we're not covering big topics it is just about what is life like and what is life about and what do you do in your life so you can't just put blinkers on and 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 put 100% of your energy into radio because then you're not living a life to talk about and to reflect and and to make stories out of. So I guess what I try and do all the time is just like, and it's just in my nature as well, just to have 
creative projects on the go. Music is another thing I love and, and I've been in a couple of bands since high school and I just last year I made another band uh, with a friend of mine. It, also, my Instagram is littered with um, songs that I write and put up there and like at the moment what I'm doing is essentially converting our second bedroom into trying to convert it into a recording studio. I've seen your pictures with your, yeah. you've got your bed up against the wall. and Yeah, that's right. I've tipped the bed up against the window now, so there's actually no even natural light coming in here this morning. I'm, I'm broadcasting. I'm, I'm talking to you from in here now. Um, there's no natural light anymore because I put the mattress up against the window to block out the noise of the train across the road. But I've got um, Hamish's electric drum kit in here, which I'm borrowing from him. I've got a couple of guitars in here, and then I've got – and now the new thing is this little um, – computer setup where I'm, I'm trying to learn how to record songs and edit and mix and master. Do you prefer any particular one format or, or do you just see them as all creative pursuits that you try to intertwine all of them? See it all as beneficial to the other. I, I honestly think that this is somebody else's quote and I'm butchering it and I don't know who to attribute it to, but content and creativity breathes more creativity. I totally believe that. The more you're doing, it's not like an infinite well where uh, if I use all my creativity up on music, then I'll have nothing left for the radio show. It works in the opposite way. The more you're creative outside of a creative pursuit, it will just add to it. And I've I've always found that that's been helpful. And times when I haven't had something else running in the background, or a side project, I honestly, I find it harder to create for the thing that I'm meant to be creating for. When you focus on one particular thing, I think you put too much importance on that one thing rather than I think when you've got lots of things going, you tend to be a bit looser with your creativity. Yeah, and and creativity, it just can't be, or at least for me, it can't be scientific and it can't be yep. a formula. You can have a lot of routines that but they can help you do it. But it's just got it. There's got to be a level of chaos and there's got to be a level of just trying things. Like honestly, music's so great because you can introduce like, you know, I didn't play the drums. I never had drum lessons, but now I've got a drum kit here, like stuff like that. And then trying to learn to play the drums is just, it just opens up your brain for, for more creativity and all the stuff like trying to learn how to, record music now is like the current one that i'm going through i feel like it all just helps keep the it's like cross training for your brain and i imagine that you obviously work on lots of things you know on your own tinkering away at certain things and developing things but do you enjoy the solo work of doing that um, or do you much prefer the collaboration where ideas can be shared yeah good question i prefer ah god i i don't know i prefer Definitely collaboration in the inner things where it has been successful. So with Hamish and Andy and with Christian, I mean, whatever magic is formed by by sharing ideas and, and with those people and, and then also people around them who work on the shows with, as producers and, and um, in other ways. I, I actually really like that. But there's something special, I think, about also like that's why I like writing songs is because I can go away and tinker on something by myself and and not have to share it with anybody else or not have to have anybody else's input. So I would say I, I don't prefer one over the other, but in the right uh, context. How many ideas, mate, have um, you come up with that the other guys have taken credit for? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that 
Uh, I hope neither of them listen to this, but I reckon (laughs) it's the most common thing between Hamish and Andy and Christian is like this. I don't want to say in case they hear this, but what it is something about people who are in the driver's seat, which those people are, (laughs) that have to. I guess they have to like have an ownership over an idea because they're the ones delivering it and they're the ones believing in it. So while every idea is a collaboration, I feel like they get to hold the trophy up at the end of the race. You don't need to elaborate anymore. I get the picture loud and clear. <laughs> but I'm thankful that, I mean, I owe it to them because they've created spaces, both of those shows, where people can feed ideas in and where I can feed ideas in. And if I talk about, I mean, wow, like the how long it took me to get an idea up on Hamish and Andy would have been two years, I reckon, of, of sitting in meetings. First, a year of sitting in meetings every day and not saying anything and just absorbing, you know, my first or second year there. And then a year of trying to pitch things up that just weren't good enough or just weren't right. And then, you know, so it's a long time before your ideas can get integrated. But did you find yourself in those meetings where it wouldn't matter what Hamish Nanny said people would have just laughed and agreed. They're, I mean, they're just so funny. Like it's it's hard to compete with them when they when your performer is Hamish or Andy. Like it's it's hard to pre- to present your ideas and pitch it with the same humor that they would pitch their own ideas. Uh, and you mentioned in a band, so just give your band a little plug. What's the name of your band? And outside of that, if there was a band in the world that you could be a part of, which would it be? Oh, great question. Uh, so our band is called Release the Sounds. The, that is uh, myself and my friend Mike, who also is a producer on the Hamish and Andy podcast. Uh, I'm making songs together. You can find us on um, Spotify and YouTube at Release the Sounds. We've only made one album. We've never played live. We've never toured. And we. so to say that we're a real band definitely has a big asterisk next to it. We have high hopes of returning to the studio and and uh and getting back in there because it was again it was such a fun experience and such a a that that same thing of like feeding have a different creative outlet that fueled what i was doing in the mornings and fueled what we were doing on hamish and andy to be in a real band this is the this is the the problem i've always had and why i've always deferred to quote unquote comedy music and and you'll see all the stuff at release of sounds is is kind of not serious and this all the stuff on my instagram and anything i've ever presented on christian and hamish and andy musically has been a joke for for want of a better word but you know there was probably there is probably a part of me that would like to be taken seriously as a musician and would like to be in a real band I was going to say, are you hiding behind that comedy in a way? Like trying to avoid yourself from criticism by saying, I treat this as comedy and a joke. Are you a bit scared about really getting it out there? Definitely. I think that is definitely the case. And I, and it is why my personality type, I think, became somebody who who wanted to write comedy, you know, as I was growing up and as, as, as I was um, working with these kind of radio shows is because I didn't, trust myself to express myself seriously so that so then you're you try to funnel it out in a different way and, and it comes out as comedy and now i actually feel even though you grow in confidence as a performer and and in yourself as you get some longevity in your a career i actually feel like i'm just as far away as i ever was from something like that because now the and this is probably something I put on myself as well, and and, and it's not um, a pressure 
that anybody's giving me except myself. But now I feel like that because that's the kind of stuff I've put out into the world before and that the audiences who do know me know that I do that, it feels even harder to swing right and go, you know, to, to release something serious. And I, I just imagine people listening to it, like waiting for a joke and then no joke comes and they are disappointed at the end of the song. But I think you could find new audiences. You've got a great platform to start with anyway. So, I mean, if you started to transition into that, you've got two great platforms of which, you know, you can slowly start to integrate that other work into it. Yeah. I think it's just so, I mean, the landscapes which I operate in with, with Hamish and Annie Christian is is so much about comedy already, though. It just I can't even imagine the look on their faces if I said, hey, I'm bringing a serious song to the show <laughs> that I want you to take seriously and I don't want you to make fun of. Um, <laughs> I just can't, I can't see that scenario happening. But also, I find in my own writing style, like if I'm even trying to tinker around with something real... Your brain naturally my, goes there. Your brain naturally goes there. It's like it's even my way of getting out of like writer's block is to like try to make something silly or funny. Um, but you know what? Like I'm I'm very far from being a, an es- established in what I am as a performer, and and I, I guess there's there's heaps of room for me to grow into different areas. But that that's how I feel at the moment. Let's go back to the start of the year when the bushfires, you know, really took a hold. How did the Heroes Gold beer campaign start out with you and Christian? Yeah. So the first thing we did was during the summer holidays, just after the, um, I guess, after the New Year's Eve fires and and after the fire started to get really bad, Christian said, hey, I'm going to go back in early and just do one show. Or at that point, he didn't even know one show, five shows, two shows. He's like, I just want to get on air and and, and talk to people because I feel helpless sitting at home doing nothing like a lot of people did really felt yeah. like they wanted to help and and his avenue for helping was just to to be a voice on the radio and to be somebody to listen to people and, and another reason why Christian is a is a great broadcaster is because he has the delicacy to do that yeah. whereas I feel again feel much more comfortable just being silly and just not being taken seriously so it's actually I find it actually personally difficult to broadcast on topics like the bushfires, especially when it was so raw in that that first couple of weeks of the year, but he is a, a Christian's an absolute pro at that, and and he's um he's a great listener and he's and he's a great empathizer, and you can and you can hear that and believe it in his voice. When I do it, I feel like even though I feel it inside me, I feel like there's a dishonesty when it connects with my voice, and that's something that I want to get better at, but that's how I feel. And that's my, that's why I shy away from it at the moment, but he asked me to do it as well. So I did that show with him where we didn't do any of our normal segments or, um, you know, what we're trying to make the show funny and lighthearted like we usually do. And we sat and listened to people's stories. So that was, um, still a couple of weeks away then from us coming back from the holidays that we had anyway, the summer holidays. So during that time we were, trying to come up with a way of like what what can we do like how can we get our audience to help or like how can we help what like what can we do and, and it was and this was and i'm not just giving it him the uh so it wasn't your idea you're saying this was yeah, it wasn't it, this was actually <laughs> christian's idea the the idea for the beer 
which was it, it's so simple and I, and I really love it like to make it a, a beer that um, is made by the people who listen to the Christian O'Connell breakfast show for anybody who is working in the the bushfires whether it was firefighters or paramedics or first responders to people who volunteered and people who, who helped out at shelters people who sent food and water and people who donated money so the beer was crafted on air, really crafted. Like we started with just that idea of going, we want to make a beer. And and the only thing we had done before we went back on air for the first day of the year was, um, for the first show of the year was, we'd talked to Hawker's Brewery, which was, I think we went to a couple of breweries and asked, would you want to do it? And Hawker's were, and they're an independent brewery in Melbourne. And um, they were just, again, just feeling the same way like we want to do something to help but we just this is our only avenue to do the best that we can do and that is to help us make this beer so we really from there made everything about heroes gold through listeners of the show and that was from naming it from how it was going to look from ideas of like how people wanted it to taste from what what we would do to market it and i mean that's how we met you and your team is you guys came forward and said that you wanted to make a tv ad for it so it really had this great sense of like like a community built uh feel to it and it like that we shared it with everybody that it wasn't our idea that we were presenting and going hey look at what we've done it, it really did feel like it was made by everybody like from people sending in jingles for how they, they think the radio ad should sound to to we've even found the designer through the radio station who made the the beer can so it's something that i'm super super proud of and um and i mean it's still as, at this time of recording it, it's still available in uh dan murphy's but i think um with, with everything with the coronavirus it kind of the conversation about bushfires just yeah. naturally drifted into the back of people's minds which is sad but um we we were able to raise a lot of money before that happened and well, i think it just gives everyone ownership over it too i mean even from a personal point of view i mean i wanted to do something but i thought i could put my skill set more towards helping people out and something that i know how to do rather than just giving money and being able to do that reach so many more people more awareness to it raise more funds helping more people out and i think what you mentioned there before about everyone chiming in is it then it gives them ownership then people because they have a direct involvement they want to tell someone about it they want to share it with someone and i think that's how it grows and i imagine that's you know what you guys obviously work for during the radio is bringing that community together yeah and i actually really feel like so there was a day when your team was filming us in a pub where we're raising a can of heroes gold and and that day for me like culminated with a lot of like it was the first time that it was tangible of seeing listeners in there because we had people who were listeners of the show in the ad, people who we'd auditioned as actors to be in it on air. And we had the guy who won the jingle competition. He was drinking with us at the bar. We had your team there. We had just as a visitor come down, we had the guy who was the still life photographer who took the epic photos of the beer can with the sweat coming off it and all icy that you would see on the the billboards or at the end of the ad. And, you know, we had everybody in a group there and everybody's there for the same reasons. Like they want to put their skills, what they can do in and funnel it into something that is doing good for the cause. And that's why I really loved that day. Yes, I mean, that was a great day. I mean, having you and Christian down and even though it's, you're there for a serious topic, 
And I think that's probably the beauty of working with guys like yourself and Christian. It still keeps everything really lighthearted, which I think is really important. You know, like there's lots of jokes that were made. And even when you guys were talking about that experiences later on the radio, you know, like Christian's giving you a lot of flack about not holding the beer can right or, yeah, yeah. you know, having yeah. your eyes closed when you're <laughs> drinking the beer and those types of things. But I think that lightness is really important as well. And I think another reason why he's such a great broadcaster is because I think he makes that connection with people in his more sober moments where you actually do feel like, hey, this is someone who really cares and is doing this for the right reasons. So that when we're mucking around with the subject and and it is lighthearted and we are making jokes that are spawned from um, these scenarios, you go with it because you feel comfortable with that person because you have seen their empathetic side of them. Or at least that's how I feel. Yeah, I agree. And I, uh, even during this um, this process with the with the shutdown and the lockdown and the uncertainty in the world right now, I think he's able to do that. And not a lot of people could do that where you come across as somebody who does care and you, and you know that that person is taking it seriously, but they also are able to create this environment where you can still have fun and you can laugh. And uh, I know it gives you a lot of stick on the radio show, but I have heard him say that he thinks you're one of the best young talents on the radio at the moment. So you must take a lot out of something like that. Someone as respected as Christian giving you lots of those great compliments, which you know that he means that. You know he's not just saying it for the hell of it. Definitely. And he's such a, honestly, he's such a generous broadcaster in that way in in what he teaches me, but also the the encouragement that he gives me, as did Hamish and Andy as well. A lot of that play fighting that happens on air which like could make it seem like these people don't care about me because <laughs> because I essentially am like the rat bag who they get made fun of or has done the wrong thing or uh, Jack's done this, but they are able to show me off air. And then even Christian on air with that, those kind words that he said that he actually does respect me and that, and that he cares. And, and, you know, for my confidence that goes, I still honestly can't believe that I do what I do because I, I still feel totally inexperienced i feel like i have a terrible voice for radio i feel like why would anybody want to listen to what i have to say i mumble a lot i'm i'm not direct uh there's a lot of things going against me so i feel like for christian to acknowledge that that was actually a huge moment for me and and i'll remember that for a long time but I think it's those misgivings that endear you to your audience. Yeah. They want someone they can relate to. So when someone makes a mistake or yeah. says something they shouldn't, you have a laugh and it brings a sense of realness to the show. You hear it so often because it's so true. The hardest thing to get right, but the most important thing to get right is to just be natural and to sound like yourself and be yourself on air. And and it's, I guess it's hard to do because you think that you have to be, everything's telling you you have to be a radio performer or you have to be a radio announcer or you have to be a funny guy or you have to be, you know, the, the straight guy who's who's giving the funny guy material. Like you're just, it's so hard to do, but it's it's so simple. Like you have to be yourself. And that's why Christian is, again, he's a great person to work with because he just encourages that and reminds you of that all the time and just... You know, like he'll often just come off air, especially in our early days of working together and just like reassure me when I was in the right spot and then just nudge me back when I was when I was getting, you know, you, sometimes it's hard to see it from somebody else's point of view, how you're performing, but just like nudging me back into the right spot. And the right spot is when you are being natural and when you're being real. 
And now, mate, I want to talk a little bit about happiness. And I guess with a nickname like Cacklin Jack, I take it that you are a pretty uh, <laughs> happy person in general. I am, yeah. I, I uh, like everybody, like especially like performers and, and and creative types. I have my days where it just doesn't go right, but I've, for the most part, I would say yes. I'm I'm happy. I'm I have huge job satisfaction, and outside of my working life, I have a lot of happiness as well. So I feel very grateful. So now that you're married with a mortgage, yep. has that changed the way you make decisions or the way you work? Now it's a little more serious than when you first started as a kid fresh out of uni? Yeah. Uh, you'd like to say no because you want to still believe that you have that fearlessness to fail and to not worry about what happens. I don't think I got a lot of that. I imagine it would come when you have a start a family, less so than when you get married. I didn't feel much change when I got married um, inside myself, but I can imagine that want of security comes when you have kids. Mm, Even with the mortgage, it's like I have the worst that can happen is like sell my house, like, and yeah. then that then the mortgage is gone. I don't know. I still feel that fearlessness. Even. At the end of Hamish and Andy's time on radio before they started to just do the podcast, I was going to, that, that's before I knew that Christian was coming to Australia and I was honestly ready to pack up and leave radio and go out, walk out into the great unknown. And I still have no idea what I was going to do, but I was kind of... I was going to say, what would you do? So let's just say if it finished tomorrow, both of those shows, and you had to kind of start or pivot in another direction, what do you think you would like to head towards? Yeah, interesting. I think I would, I guess what I was planning to do at that moment, so that was in 2017 before Christian came in 2018 and, and Hamish and Andy were finishing the Daily Show. I was looking down the barrel of going, all right, well, next year I, I might have no work. And I didn't really want to fancy going on to any other radio show and working in a different way because like Hamish and Andy for me was my favorite radio show and I just couldn't see myself being as happy if I settled for something that was in the, the, the current landscape. Christian coming and when that did come along presented all kinds of new opportunities because it was it was he was taking such a risk and it was such an unknown and it was going to be a different role to the one I was used to. But in that period where I didn't know, I guess I was just ready to hustle. Like, you know, old school hustle of like doing as many things as I could, like start starting putting more stuff out like the music and and um you know i probably would have made a podcast or I, I don't know like all i just knew is that i just had the confidence to hustle and i don't know how it would have ended up i actually would like to see what it looks like but i wasn't afraid just tell us about then what your advice might be for others so you know people that may be starting out in a similar situation aren't necessarily working next door to a juggernaut that they can just slip into you know, what advice do you have for those people looking to tread the path you've gone down? Yeah, you got like hustle, stay moving. Only in retrospect does it look like my my story was so easy. And I know I I am the first to say I was very lucky to bump into Hamish and Andy and to and to ride that that train because it was it was so huge. But I I was just doing so many things like try like. I was doing the film course. I was doing the the community radio. I was doing the music. I was just always trying to like. I was going to be an illustrator for a little bit as well. Like I was drawing, 
I was just trying to do everything. Like try just keep moving is the best advice I can give. Like even if you don't know what is going to come of it, if if the opportunity is there and you feel passionate about it, do it. Like a couple of maybe three or four years ago, I did a podcast with the Essendon Football Club that only lasted four episodes before it didn't get renewed. And I, even though like that looks like a failure because I, I tried to do something and then it didn't work. I, I love that kind of stuff because that's just one example of many things like you try to go down a path and maybe it's a dead end, but maybe it'll lead you to a relationship with one person that puts you onto the next path or I, you just got to give yourself options. That is the best way I could say it. Well, isn't they say the best way to success is to fail more often and, and quickly? It's so true. Like I would be lying if I said my plan was to work on a great radio show and then to get onto a breakfast radio show 10 years ago, even two years ago. Like I just didn't know what my path looked like, but I just kept trying to hustle down every path that I could. And then the ones that stayed open or the doors that opened further, I, I followed that and then kept doing more of the same and I think when you go into things for the right reason like even if we go back to the hero's gold example one we we're doing something that you know raising money for people who really needed it but selfishly I also had actually a great time doing that you know I got my crew who were really on board you know we spent a couple of days going down and filming all this stuff meeting all these great people we got to work with you and Christian I'm now doing a podcast with you and all these things just come about not by design but just because, as you mentioned before and have a few times, about just continually moving forward, continually doing something Definitely. and doing it for the right reasons. I think you could see it from an, from an outside point of view, using even this podcast as an example, right? It's like you have a great production company and a great business that's already successful and I bet you have to work hard to keep that going. So why would Dean bother doing a podcast for I, I'm guessing like it's got no advertising on it, so for zero money. But it is it's it's that idea of like because he's doing this podcast now shows that the type of person that he was to get into the position that he did with his production company now. And you just don't know what the podcast might bring you nothing in the future, but it could bring you who knows what. Like that's what that's what I love about people who are just doing stuff. And and the, why I was excited to come on the podcast is because. It's a perfect example of you just like, yeah, pushing forward, just keep moving. It doesn't have to make sense or it doesn't have to even make financial sense or or like lead back into the business in any way. If it just feels right and it feels like something you want to do, I bet you'll get a lot from it. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, I love doing this type of stuff. I don't get to do a lot of this stuff on a day to day, but I actually love this side of things, you know, really talking and finding out the nuts and bolts of people's lives you know so yeah i love doing it even though at the moment yeah certainly doesn't bring me any financial reward and but do you find as well that i feel like doing stuff outside your normal job not only makes you appreciate what your actual job is but even just keep loving it because we all got into these things because we love doing it but it is possible to get jaded or too comfortable with it where it just becomes a job Oh, definitely. I don't think it, it doesn't matter what you do. If you do something for long enough in a certain way, you know, once you start to get a bit more serious and you have kids and all these other things, before you know it, you're more worried about, you know, the job and what you're doing and all these other outside influences that you start to lose sight of what am I doing? Am I doing it for the right reasons still? Yeah. 
you know, then you kind of forego something that might bring you joy because I'm doing something because I need to pay the bills. So I, that's why I think it's great being able to do something like this and it refreshes me for other works. I'm not just focused on that one thing. Like we talked about before, I'm not just focused on this is what I'm going to do for my clients today. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to break for now and have a chat to Jack and that's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that elaboration. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, I totally agree with you. I, I, I mean, I just feel like I've, I've said it too. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, I, I think the most important reason to do it, and and it's something that I, I feel like my parents still don't understand. Like, why waste time or why waste money turning your bedroom into a recording studio? Yeah. Shouldn't you be focusing on the radio show? But it's just. I guess it's those personality types that are doing the those creative jobs is because they're the type of people who want to splinter out and try and and experience and play with as many areas as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Now looking towards the future a little bit, you know, I've seen a nice headshot of you mate and your talent website there. Are you looking to potentially <laughs> step out of the behind the mic and get a bit more on camera work or what's the plan? No, one of the actually reasons that I think that um Gold, the management at Gold, not a, not Christian in particular, because I guess he made the final decision about me working on his show. But I think why they liked me is that I said, and I said it with honesty as well, is like I don't have an ambition to be on any billboards or to be a face that everybody knows or a name that everybody knows. Honestly, I get my satisfaction from and hearing an idea that I helped come up with work on air, and that's that is enough for me. I don't really have to be the poster boy for it. I don't really want to lose that kind of anonymity um, in my day-to-day life. I'm really happy. I actually feel like the the two roles that I've had in radio, which is the, the that third man up in Hamish and Andy and, the, and this, this sidekick role on Christian shows is honestly the best of both worlds for me because I get to exercise the the things that I want to do. So I don't know if you can hear my dog going oh, crazy at the mailman, right? <laughs> Apologies for that. Um, right. I'll just get over for one second. <laughs> Sorry. No worries, mate. Anything interesting in the mail, is it? Uh, didn't even, my wife answered the door in the end. I'm not sure what it is. But I am waiting for a guitar stand and a guitar strap for my studio. So it could be a lucky present for me. Well, I know Hamish is a big online shopper of various crazy products that have made their way into the TV shows, but yeah. now that we're all locked up inside, have you found yourself drifting down that path as well? When I was actually setting up the studio, and it's some of it is gear that I've had, and then um, some of it actually surprised me how much was hand-me-downs from Hamish. Not even just the Hamish and Andy radio show, but actually Hamish. So the, the drums I've got in here, then the... Um, I've got like a, uh, what do you call this? A, a self-raising standing desk, like electronic that goes up and yes. down that is from yeah. his house. Even I put bed sheets over the desk to like soften, I don't know, it's meant to soften the reflections when you're recording with a microphone. And even the bed sheet is Hamish's bed sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sad to know how much stuff in this in this immediate room and in my life is, is uh, hand-me-downs from them. But Honestly, I don't spend a lot of money online. I, I don't do a lot of online shopping. Only this, I felt like I've really lent into this idea of having a home recording studio in this lockdown because it's something to keep me occupied while I'm at home and I'm broadcasting the radio show from this room as well. 
Um, so I'm not going into Richmond to gold every day when I'm broadcasting from the bedroom. So I have um, I have splurged a little bit in here. I got a MIDI keyboard at the start of the year, and then the last time I drove and left the house really was a couple of weeks ago to get a bass guitar from someone on Gumtree, and um, I got some new speakers and stuff. So I have splurged a little bit in here. Given the coronavirus situation, it's pretty amazing that the three of you can now be in totally different areas and be broadcasting every morning. And essentially, if you didn't know any better, you would never know. Yeah, I wonder. I, I always feel like you can hear it. Um, As in not being in the same room, not having the energy? Is that what you mean? Uh, I mean, even from like a sound point of view, you can oh, yeah. hear, the, you hear the difference. And you can hear the a little bit of delay as well. Like, I don't know if people can feel like we're having a conversation not in the same room. I feel like I can always notice that there's a there's a little bit more hesitation in people's voice and we don't have that eye contact or yep. body language to, to communicate with. We're only just doing it off what we're hearing. So I actually find it a little bit harder to do it um, than in the studio where you have that you, you know, you have that second language of um, eye contact and body language to speak to the other presenter. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that we can keep working because a lot of people can't. And I'm, I think we would, I would go crazy if it was the next six months I was doing no radio show. And how do you think it's changed in terms of how we might move forward once this all opens up? How do you think this might actually change the way, I guess, that we broadcast or interact? Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I've always had <laughs> I've always had a doomsday feel about radio and but I've for the last 6 or 7 years I've been proven wrong. I always felt like it was just the the death of radio was just around the corner, but it's just not. I I just thought like streaming and podcasting and on-demand audio would would kill it, but I don't know, it trudges on. So, I'm not the best person to ask about the future of it. I mean, I hope that it continues for a very long time i hope i really hope that like i did spend 10 years or 12 years now with hamish and andy and a real landmark show i hope that christian and i can make his show into a real landmark radio show that you know that people really remember or like kids grew up listening to because their parents were listening to it and they and it really makes a legacy for itself well, I think we all had those. I mean, I know growing up, it was always, you know, Martin Malloy. That was the big show at the time. And then that transitioned over into Hamish and Andy from a personal point of view. But yeah, I mean, in terms of legacy, is that what you're looking to, to leave behind? Definitely. So me, for my, mine would have been American Rosso. And even yep. though I didn't listen to him a lot live because I didn't listen to a lot of live radio, I had all the CDs that they released and um, even like the book that they released. And that is kind of, for me, what I, I hope that Christian show will become is like that, that 10 years that it kind of represents or like five to 10 years that it kind of represents for somebody in their memory. Like I think a lot of people will look back at Hamish and Andy when they're on their heyday in radio is like, it really meant something to people and it really made it left its mark. And I hope that Christian show will do that. And now, mate, with all this, I guess, taken into account, what do you think is the real key to living life on your own terms? Oh, well, well, I mean, the, the, the battle that we're having at the moment is, is when to start a family. So uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the freedom of not having kids is, is, is allowing me to do that at the moment. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Does it all change once you have a baby? Look, I think it's like anything. Things get built up in your mind to start with, and then you 
behave in a way that you think you should behave and then mm. you kind of just find your own groove you know i think the most important thing is to just find what works for you yeah which is why i really like doing these chats and asking everyone that question because everyone's got a different a different answer you know everyone's at different stage in their life and everyone has a different answer about what's right and what's not but bit of a common theme that's coming through is definitely being able to trust your gut and be more open and honest and authentic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, again, I just feel so grateful and I, and I don't want to just make this whole thing about how great Hamish and Andy and Christian are to work with, but they have taught me so, so much about that. And they are both shows that really created their own format and how they do things. And, and I love both of them because they don't sound like other radio shows where I don't love the idea of like I wouldn't want to do a breakfast radio show where we had to talk about reality TV from the night before and we had to interview the MasterChef judges and you know a lot of staples of what make up breakfast radio at the moment and we don't have to do that because Christian is all about just making a radio show that that we would want to listen to and it's again it sounds so simple but it's not like it's something that I very I value very much and that, and I think a lot of people in the industry would be jealous that that uh maybe that's putting too many too maybe that's trying to say too much but like i would be jealous if i was doing a radio show where we had to talk about reality tv and interview the judges and um and you know talk about movies and coming out and that sort of thing I, i would be jealous of the show that christian and i are doing where it's just mucking around you know, as you mentioned, you've been that kind of sidekick, you know, for those last couple of shows. Do you, I know you said you haven't got those aspirations, but do you see it as a challenge, maybe starting something up for yourself and just seeing where you could take it to off your own bat? Yes. Yeah. I, and I think I'm kidding myself if I say that I can do it because in theory, I could do start another avenue now while i'm still working on you know like i could start a podcast i could start a youtube channel i could start a band but really with having the security of that like i know that that radio show is at least going to be here until the end of next year so i there is a security in that that you can't really say you know i I don't know it's not really testing me like it would if i had if i had nothing in front of me and had to scramble it from scratch again but I love the idea of doing it. I, I mean, I want to keep my horizons open that so that I can do many more things. I, I I love broadcasting, but it's not. I just don't want to do it forever and forget about everything else. So, well, you did the film course. Do you have those potential aspirations to make more of that stuff? Yeah, that, my problem with here's my problem with film, and I'm saying it to a filmmaker. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I just feel like I I wasn't patient enough for filmmaking and and even for tv really why radio is so good is because the immediacy of it so you have an idea and you make it and then it's and then you put it out and then it's disposable and it's gone whereas even the the struggles i had so i did a bit of work with the gap year tv shows when hamish and andy were making those and it's come up with an idea send it to a legal team it feels like a month later you get the idea back and it's changed, it's watered down, and then you still have to find the inspiration. Why you, why were, why were you excited for, to do that idea in the first place? You can hardly remember. And I, did, I don't know, I had difficulty with that. Yeah, well, it certainly becomes you've got to have that idea that you're willing to spend a long time doing it and mm. 
retain the passion for. I mean, you know, I'm working on a, a web series actually at the moment that I'm doing, you know, again for, for free in our spare time just with, a, you know, a couple of actor, writer mates who have put this together. But we've been filming and post-producing this for the last 18 months, you know, because it's it was probably a bit of a big idea. So it takes a lot of moving parts to put it together. But you've really got to be able to follow that through because it does take a long time to do it. So, yeah, that, that is certainly a thing. And if you haven't, I guess if you don't have that patience, you know, it certainly is, you know, the yeah. immediacy of radio and podcasts is great. But I guess this then the satisfaction payoff at the other end is worth it. Yeah, definitely. That's if it works out because sometimes you can get through stuff and spend a lot of time on it and it doesn't come out like you like <laughs> you sucks. like you hope. <laughs> no, anyway. I guess that's what's the good thing about radio is like if something sucks and every now and again yeah. something stinks, you know. But it's like it, I only worked on it today. Yeah, it's the out next day's and a new thing. If I want to, I can ask for it to get cut out of the podcast. No one will ever hear it again. Hopefully, people forget it. It's gone. Whereas if you worked, see, if I worked for eighteen months on something and then I didn't like the end result, I I, I don't I couldn't justify that. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Now, as you mentioned, you have got you know two number one hits on your hands, so I'm expecting big things from this particular episode. <laughs> this is going to be number three. There's a the common denominator. So I've got that. So this should make it all worthwhile. It should go gangbusters. No, you've done it the wrong way around. I only join things that are already proven. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, in closing up, um, this is something I have started asking every guest. Can you nominate another person that would make a great guest for me to speak to? Yep. I would nominate all three of those boys. Um, but the last two podcasts I did, they've asked the same thing. I said, Christian would be a great person to speak to because i would personally love to hear him speak more on podcasts he did will anderson's uh yep. podcast actually recently and i and i loved listening to that and then he said yep 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 i'll do it and gave me a thumbs up and then he never did it and that that's happened twice so i can tell you i can give you the same promise which is i'll tell christian about your podcast and and say that he should come on as a guest he'll give me a thumbs up and then you'll never hear from him again <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the boys, I mean, uh, Hamish and Andy, um, uh, even if you did them individually, they would be uh, they would be so good. They're both so so intelligent, they're so honest. They they love the work and they they're just big personalities. I mean, you know Hamish and Andy, I don't have to tell you about them. Hamish has got a lot of spare time. He's in a lot of Zoom in meetings <laughs> at the moment, so That's the thing. This is the best time to catch <laughs> those kind of people, hey, yeah. because they can't argue and say no, I'm busy that day because they're not okay i've got to get in touch with one of those guys and we've got to get them on in the next couple of weeks i'll do my best sounds good mate thank you very much been a wonderful guest and you know look obviously already love the the shows that you're on hamish nanny and the christian o'connell breakfast show and mate keep doing what you're doing but please get in the music don't be scared of doing something serious because I know I'd love to hear something from you soon. <laughs> uh, thanks, Dean. It's been a pleasure being on the podcast and thank you for all your support, particularly with the with Christian show. And people can see that Heroes Gold ad as well um, on our Gold website, I, I believe it's there, but it's also running around Channel 10 now as well. It is, yes. It's on Channel 10. So, um, I don't know when it's running, but um, yes, certainly... Just put it on Channel 10 for the afternoon and you'll see it at some point, maybe. <laughs> yeah, mute the shows and then turn the <laughs> sound on for the ad breaks. Well, Jack, thank you very much, mate. Thanks, Dean. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Tune in to Lifting the Lid next time when we talk to someone else. Someone else.